Three songs for Three songs About three songs Song. We got feet. But I love that water. Yeah. Oh, Three Boston, you're my home. Yeah. It's the January 10th, 2018 edition, episode 42 of Three Songs Podcast. I'm Mike Hogan, here with Bob Nastanovich, and we're doing a theme tonight. Yeah, well, we've kind of neglected Boston. I know, I know that we trips and drabs of trips and Boston drabs. rock, but yeah. great rock and roll city. We decided to focus on it tonight. Yeah, and the funny thing about the intro is that that's the song that they sing, I believe, at every Boston sporting event right now, right? <laughs> the Standells' yep. Dirty Water. Yeah. It's like the second, you know, it's like basically like the Boston anthem. Yeah, what would be the other one, you think? Uh, you know, they also do Sweet Caroline for whatever Yeah, but reason. everybody does that. Yeah. And that's like, you know, this is like unique. This is like the sports rave-up song for Celtics, Red Sox. I don't know. I'm sure the Bruins do it. Yeah. You know. But, well, you know, uh, and they say, because Boston, you're my home. But Yeah, and um, the they talk about how they love the dirty water, which I've even researched that. Like, does Boston have particularly dirty water? Because... New York City's always been famous for its for its clean water, but um, the Standells are from L.A. Man, they're not no. even from Boston. In fact, they've right. never even been to Boston when they made that song. <laughs> ah, you know, I mean, <laughs> somebody wrote it for them and said, "Record this; it might be a hit." And uh, you know, you do what you're told when you're a struggling band, especially. And the, the funny 60s. thing about them is, like, they're referred to as like one of the like when you hear the expression "one hit wonder." Um, I know they had other hits, but like that's that right. they're like that's like the definitive one hit wonder, and they're an LA band singing about Boston. <laughs> right, right. It's pretty funny. Well, we're gonna play. Uh, I don't know if there's any songs specifically about Boston that we're gonna play tonight, but we're gonna play songs from real Boston bands. Yeah, we're celebrating Boston yeah. rock. That's right. That's right. And we got. Uh, You're gonna kick it off. You're I'm gonna, gonna kick, kick it off. off. Let's just let's just start it. We'll talk later. This is the real. Okay. Kids. Cool. All kinds of girls.
You know what that is, Bob? That's straight a ahead rock and roll. Nearly perfect song in my book. Yeah, straight. Really? Up. Wow, straight ahead rock. Straight Not ahead so rock and kinda roll. Not, they're kind of known for that. Yeah, but that's just a really good, straight up, catchy rock and roll song. From well, the, it's a band led by the legendary John Felice, who was, of course, right. one of the original members of Modern Lovers. That's right. Yeah, after he left the Modern Lovers, he formed the Real Kids. That's from their debut from 1977. Classic tune. And apparently, he was like a really messed up kid, and Rich Jonathan Richmond took him under his wing, and um, Richmond's always been a straight arrow. Yes. And... Uh, Still humming along really well. Oh, Ghost is really Ghost? psyched. Ghost yeah. loves this stuff. Ghost, Ghost actually. Loves the rockers. Uh, Ghost actually just had a little bit of beer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was a bit of an accident, but he is now fired up. Oh, He's no. ready for this. He's, you know. Yeah, yeah Ghosty. Yeah, yeah, come on. He gets, you know, it's he 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 gets uh, what is it? What's yeah. that? What are the what's the Clash song? I get I get silent when I'm drugged up. I get violent when I'm fucked up. You know. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's well, no, yeah, yeah. He's always kind of loud, but um, anyway, it's not going to keep us in the '70s in Boston. My, you know, my favorite Boston rock and roll hero is Jeff Monoman Connolly. I would have seen him the most of the Boston legends. This is his first band, DMZ. This is recorded, I believe, the same time. Yeah, '77, like right around in there. Of course, he went on to be in a band that I'm far more familiar with. Liars, who I had the pleasure of seeing many times because they would come through Charlottesville. Sure. Our booking agent, Maynard Sype, uh, really dug them and he'd get them to come. And sometimes it was actually treacherous because the mono man who played organ and sang would, um, well, he's done some very unusual things <laughs> that I've seen on stage, but this is Guilty Child by DMZ. All right. I'll reel it up. Seventy-seven again, huh? Yeah, see the Mono Man, Jeff Connolly, 
one funny thing about bands back then, I don't know if it still works this way, but he stole the singing job in that band by like completely convincing the band that he was way better than their guy that they had singing. <laughs> so he just like proved it. Yeah. I guess at band practice. Cause like, we, this is like, to me, that's like garage rock. It is. Yeah. Okay, like that's, I, that's straight up punk rock too. Garage basement. But, but it is like, you know, like when you envision, like we've all seen it in movies, we've all seen it in music documentaries, like, lift the garage door there's like stuff plugged in like mm-hmm. you know you know three or four people just like you know going off with it for you know whatever cheap instruments they threw in a garage plugged in into like somebody's apart somebody's house or some you know some parents that let kids drink or whatever but anyways so then of course that band stopped even though I, I believe they had a major label deal, DMZ, they would have stopped. <clears throat> um, again, I might not be completely accurate on a lot of this stuff, but okay. they went on to form my favorite Boston band of all time, Liars. Wow. And uh, That's a big statement. Bold statement there, Bob. Well, this would be my favorite Boston rock and roll song off of the 1984 album On Fire, F-Y-R-E, and Liars is, of course, L-Y-R-E-S. Right. Like the instrument. Yes. And um, this is on the great record label Ace of Hearts. And this is Help You In with Mr. Aquino on the guitar. So liars here. They were known. One one funny thing about them live, they they had their three huge songs. She pays the rent. Don't give it up now. And help you, Anne. Okay. And depending on what Jeff Connolly wanted to do, because he's like a total front man. Sometimes they would play each of those songs multiple times. <laughs> and like sometimes she pays the rent would be like you know, eight minutes long. And then there'd be like a few other like songs and they would play that place. She pays the rent again, or they play like, don't give it up now. And, um, one, a funny thing about the gap. So I'm going to guess it was like 87. It was exam week in Charlottesville, like this time of year, but 
mid to late December and you know, it was a big show and God knows what kind of fee they committed. Probably a couple of grand to play at tracks in Charlottesville. But like it was a bad night to play in Charlottesville because the kids were studying. Okay. So of course I was a student there, but I was ignoring my responsibilities as a student. So I was at at Liars and I was psyched and I was like, Oh my goodness, there's like twenty seven people here and usually there's like two fifty and this is a bad night for my buddy Maynard who booked the show. I've never seen anybody do this. It was pretty crass. Mono Man comes out on stage, he's completely out of his mind. And he starts the show, he comes out on stage and snorts four lines of cocaine off of his keyboard. Okay. And I was like, oh no, this is bad. Like, you know, like, I don't know whether they're going to stop the show, but that's like a pretty crass display of drug abuse, you know? Sure. And the show went ahead and then like, he was completely smashed on God knows what combination. And then he fell over, fell frontwards over his organ. And and it was like about a pretty high stage, like a three foot stage and fell down on top of it. Okay. And I was like, Oh no, this guy, tall, skinny guy, long hair, completely freaky expression. is just like injured himself and he's writhing around in agony on the floor and he gets up and the band keeps playing during all of it. Like, like they've seen this many times before. Like one thing I noticed about liars is that there was always different people because I, I think there's, it's hard to work with a guy. Right. So there's sure. a lot of firings and hirings. Yep. And um, so there's a delay and he gets up and he sorts himself up out and like the sound staff kind of put his organ back up there and somehow they got it to work again. And, they continued the show like nothing happened. And then the first time I would have encountered him in person was when Pavement played in the mid-90s at Middle East in Boston. And uh, we always did quite well in Boston. Sometimes we'd show up there in really shabby condition. And, and maybe because of the spirit of the city and it's Boston, you're supposed to like kind of not be a wimp there i mean <laughs> I, I want to say we played boston like 20 times and it was always a good night so usually played right in the area around fenway park or in cambridge like it would always be cool and well attended i have nothing but great memories of playing rock shows there because it's always like oh it's boston i don't care how we feel we're gonna be fine and um so jeff shows up you know, I've seen him on stage, but I've never seen him in real life. And he comes backstage, and like the promoter is like, "That's Jeff Connolly," and uh, he's like, "Yeah, he heard there's going to be a lot of people here tonight, so he wants to play." And I was like, "Well, kind of let him do whatever he wants." And like, <laughs> so he goes backstage, this little backstage room, and kind of starts, you know, drinking a lot of beer, and um, then he just kind of wandered off. Okay, so he probably had like four or five beers, and he just kind of wanders off. And I was like, you know, I think it had a might have shaken his hand. And he was like, "Yeah, man, whatever," <laughs> <laughs> which was what you know, kind of went along with this whole persona. Sort to me, of what but, you'd expect, right? Yeah, but anyways, rock and roll legend and a complete freak, and somehow, um, you know, s- still on the planet. So uh, he's still with yeah. us. So you know. Yeah, tip my cap to him. We so. played Shane McGowan last episode, mm-hmm. or two episodes ago. I can't remember. We've done three in a row, man. So I'm, they're all blurring together for me. But uh, well, straighten yourself out, Michael. Oh, well, for, goodness, for God's sakes, you know, I'm pull it straight. together, man. What do you have next? I'm straight. Well, uh, I think we're gonna stick with one of your songs, right? I think. Oh, we're we gonna stay in my mode. We're gonna say we're gonna say that we're gonna go to the legendary band. I think so. I think we're going to do that unless uh, unless you'd want to jump ahead. But I yeah, think go, should... let's go. Yeah, the horrible truth about Burma, nineteen eighty five, Peking Spring. That's right. That's right. Clint Connolly wrote this one. Fantastic, fantastic band. Oh yeah. Beautiful, beautiful baseline intro. Here we go, Peking Spring.
Clinton Conley. Yeah, and then Roger, Roger Miller, Miller and the rest of the lot, yeah. including Peter, Peter Prescott. Prescott on the drums, yeah. of course, went on to be in Volcano Suns. That's right. We'd be remiss on this program to not mention, like, one of the current legends of our generation of Boston rock, which is Bob Weston, of course, played in Volcano Suns yeah. and Shellac, and mm-hmm. has recorded so many great bands over the years. Absolutely. Fine gentlemen. Absolutely. And Mission of Burma, I mean... I'm glad that you played them because for me, when I think of Boston Rock, I think of Mission of Burma. Well, yeah, because I mean, I can't believe we actually haven't played them on the show before. So, part of the reason why is you know, I mean, where do you go? Well, when I when when I think back about what I wanted to do, you know, when we were talking about doing this show, I, I wanted to expose the stuff that people maybe haven't heard as much. And for me, like... Yeah, but not that many people have heard Mission of Burma. Well, outside of, that's I, when I reached for my revolver. Maybe, I don't know, I guess. But I, I feel like... Prem 2, I think just as many people would have heard of Minutemen. Uh, yeah, maybe, I know. But I just I just think, like, and maybe it's, uh, it's just me being, uh, you know, it, just because I'm so... I've been such a fan of them for 30 years now. Well, if you're such a fan, then play another song by let's, him. Let's play another song. Uh, I think you mentioned Trem, too. That's the one I want to play. So. Yeah, that's Groovy. That's off Versus. Yeah.
So, Bob, when did you first get into Mission to Burma? College. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I was like 20, a little late to the game, really. So it was probably, because you're a few years older than me, so it was probably around the same time I did, which I was 17. Yeah, uh, same time. Maybe 16, junior. I would have been a college radio DJ then, yeah. so I was a obviously junior. a lot of my fellow DJs were playing them all the time, and it was like, I should probably listen to this, and... Signals, calls, and marches were the first thing. Obviously, the EP, the first thing I latched onto. For me, it was. Um, I think I got into them. You know, this is back in the late '80s. You know, we didn't have YouTube or Spotify or any of that sort of stuff. It was you. You got into stuff because of friends, or you got into stuff because of other bands. I got into them, I think, because of REM, who were, of course, fans and recorded. Uh, that uh, Academy fight song. Great song. Um, and it was around the time that Ryko had reissued all of, well, signal, Signals, Calls, and Marches and Verses onto a single CD and a double LP. And I think at the time it was the longest CD ever made. It was 80, <laughs> 80 minutes and 8 seconds long. Um and I just bought it sight unseen because I'd heard good things. And it blew me away when I was 16, 17. Songs like, the, like you know, how much they rocked as, as uh, like a Boston rock band would do. You know, that's when I reach for my revolver or uh, that's how I escape my certain fate or even... Yeah, I love that one. I really Kings, love that You know, one. like these... Kind of like the Gang of Four of the U.S. Super rockers. Yeah, exactly. But then they would throw in songs like Trem 2 that just set a mood. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is like nothing like any... They're kind of like America's answer to both Wire and Gang of Four. Yeah, or in even this heat, you know? Like, they were doing tape loops and they were doing... Uh, you know, like soundscapes and stuff over rock songs. For me, it was just amazingly eye-opening. Uh, and, and it really, it was, it, it opened up a lot of musical paths to me too. Uh, so I, I can't, I can't overstate how much of an influence for me personally um, Mission of Burma was. And they were, they were one of those bands that by the time I discovered them, they had already broken up because, you know, Roger Miller had tinnitus and couldn't play rock anymore he did bird songs of the mesozoic he did solo records and uh he did no man and everybody splintered off into their various ways and i thought there's no way i'm ever going to see this band live and then you know flash forward what 20 some odd years and they reunite and they they're back together and they're making records i saw them live god i i want to guess like where was that? Uh, I, I actually traveled to 2010, Seattle. 2010, probably. No, it was earlier. It was definitely okay. earlier than that. Um, it was the first reunion tour that they did. They played a couple shows in New York, and maybe they played a show in, or two in Boston, and then they, they played out in uh, Seattle. It was like the only West Coast show, and I drove up from Portland to see it. Um, it was amazing. You know those roads well, I bet. Yeah, oh yeah. And Clint Clint Conley, that one of the things I remember from the show, and you know, you mentioned Bob Weston, he was doing the tape loops, he was doing the Martin Swope uh role um for the live show. Uh but Clint Conley, one of the main things I remember from the show is he was wearing leather pants. The guy's like probably in his fifties at that point. He's up there in the leather pants, so well, Lord knows neither of us have ever been that cool. <laughs> no way. No <laughs> yeah. way. Never owned a pair. Yeah. Never, never even, even tried never even tried them on. No, absolutely. Uh, so Perhaps yeah. Perhaps we should. Perhaps we should. Perhaps so. we should. So uh, I guess it's on to me next, huh? Where am I? It is, go? yeah. Um, I got one number left. I have <clears> t- I have a couple. I have a couple left. Yeah. Uh, a couple weapons. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay in the. You're gonna rock. keep it in the Bean Town. Well, of course, that's a given. That's that's the theme. How of much the show. time have you spent up there? Um, not too much. You know, I went to Fenway. Never uh, been to Suffolk Downs. No, I've never been to Suffolk. I, I went to Fenway when I was a kid. Maybe like rather grim. Ten, it's rather 12. grim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been to enough grim tracks in my time, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't uh, haven't made it to Suffolk. Um, I spent most of my time in Boston and Revere, 
Although my, I've got, my aunt Linda lives there. My my grandmother would have been in a nursing home in Quincy. Yeah. When she passed away, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I have family from there, friends from there, friends in Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin, uh-huh. and um, you know, a couple of buddies in Boston. Yeah, I haven't tough, been as an tough adult. town. It's a tough town. I have not been as an adult, but I, I I do remember taking the bus from Albany with my aunt when I was um, probably about ten or twelve to Fenway to watch a Red Sox game, and uh, yeah, I just remember how green walking out and seeing the field, how green the field looked, how close it looked like you were to the action. So, yeah, fun times. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the Rock. That's kind of been the theme. I mean, Boston, it's known for it rocks. Rock. It yeah. rocks. The, and, yeah, it rocks. And, and one of the more successful bands was probably the Lemonheads. Later, they had some big hits. It's a shame about Ray. Um, well, the Evan Dando vehicle. The Evan Dando vehicle. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, they were a pretty hard rock and punk band. Uh, Evan Dando I and ben- it, uh, Evan's one of the, is he one of the, because like one thing about, Boston is, of course, the Berkeley School of Music, where right. lots and lots of young rockers have... I mean, you go there for any number of things. I don't really know much about it, but it's a very prestigious music school. Of course. And and I don't know... I know Juliana Hatfield right. um, is one of their first... Um, I don't know... But there's a lot of people that like... Right. Know, to be like one of those things. Oh, they went to Berkeley. Oh, they're right. cool. They went to Berkeley. Right. Like, I don't know not if to Evan is. diss it, but it was like almost like indie rock school. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, now there like, probably is such a thing, but yeah. It's like, uh, oh, th- no, this band's going to be a lot bigger than you were. They all went to Berkeley. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right, well, what are they? This... <laughs> we didn't go to school for music, and we got one or two guys that can play, so, <laughs> so they're going to play a lot better than we are. Yeah. Going to play, and they're going to sing a lot better. But <laughs> who's going to? I don't. More I don't record. know whether. I mean, I don't know the, know whether Evan went there. It's okay. It's I okay. spent a lot of time around Evan yeah? <clears throat> and his sister Holly's. Very nice people. Uh, but uh, anyways, play Lemonheads. I'll play some Lemonheads. Go, go to their first record. I'm going to go. I'm going to go early. Um, this is a song I think they recorded later on one of their other later records. Um, it's called, you know, the, and the thing with, uh, the Lemonheads is, is early on, they had a second lead singer, Ben Dealey. Uh, and it was almost like, a, they were compared a lot to Husker Du, not just because of the music, but because they had two different singers and songwriters, just like Husker Du did. So if you'll indulge me, maybe I'll play even two. I'll play one, an Evan song and then a Ben Dealey song. Uh, and then you later, do what you want over there. Later, he got the boot, and of course, it was Evan's vehicle. But uh, this one's called Clang Bang Clang. Yeah. 
keep it going. Let's keep going. More Hold heads. on though. No, Evan Dando is a huge, like a huge worldwide rock star, but he really got huge in Australia, like huge yeah. in Australia. Like okay. it's a rock and roll legend down there, Sydney particularly. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank Throw you. Throw that, that in there. Thank you. Thank you for that piece but of like, information. Like to me, Lemonheads, like especially the early era, were always like. Um, to me, readily compared to Squirrel Bait, who I thought yeah, were like doing a, a better version of what that was. Yeah, but you know, just like good, clean, quick, short, catchy little punk rock tunes. Um, yeah, you gonna play another one? Yeah, I'm gonna play a Ben Dealey song. This one's called Two Weeks in, a, in Another Town." I mean, he's yeah. Let's let's listen. He's he's not Evan Dando. His 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 singing is a little more um, quaint, but uh, still a good song. Hit us with the rock. Yeah. Quick one. Well, oh, I see your point, but it it, it, it it did sound like a continuation of the last song, didn't it? it a like, little bit, maybe. You know, but I, mean, okay. I couldn't tell the difference. Uh, which, yeah, that's fair. I'm sure. So that, there you go. That, uh, it's it's a, it's a single four minute song sung in two parts by two different lead singers. So there you go. What yeah. Do you, what do you got next? I Bob? enjoyed them both. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, let's stick with your groove. Let's stick with your groove. You, we're going to go out of order tonight. Okay. You go ahead and play another Boston band. I'll, I'll play And it. I'll end the show. Okay, so um, I'm going to jump forward a little bit into the 90s. Yeah, because obviously Boston Rock continues to to scorch. Sure, I'm going to jump into the 90s. This is, I I would imagine, we haven't talked. And of course, but... we've left out the legendary Talia Zedek. Well, yeah. Because I know you played her on a previous show, her band Com. Of course, she was an Uzi, Live Skull. That's right. Still a number of other bands. Like, you know, when I think of Boston Rock, one of the people that first comes to mind is Talia Zedek. And uh, one great thing about her is following her, she's not a heavy social media person, but whenever she recommends something, it's usually good. So I've actually, her recommendations have been additions to my record collection so thank you talia and like pleasure to know you yeah well and it's it's funny because you you're right when you were gone and i had jack on he had never heard come and i played come for him uh yeah and, great and records I, all those 11 11 i mean amazing. 11, yeah, absolutely um uh, you know and i almost I, I told i didn't play it but i told him that saints around your neck is almost like you know stairway to heaven <laughs> I like that comparison. <laughs> well, but to me, like Talia Zedek, like you know, it's been a pleasure to you know to be in her company many times. Like she is like as rock and roll as it gets to me. Like, I've I, never so. met her, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah, Z E D E K. Talia yeah. Zedek, look her up. She's a badass. She's and, like, still playing. She's still. Oh, very much. So. Yeah. She's probably playing a night somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, a different. You know, contemporaries of. Come and contemporaries of pavement. Uh, I would imagine you're familiar with and maybe played some shows with the Swirlies. No, I know we never played with them, but I, but I own some of their records. Okay. Uh, speaking of, I mean, their records 
they look very similar in some ways to some of the pavement records, which of course look similar to some of the fall records. Um, it's definitely of easy a, tiger. Easy. I, I'm not <laughs> saying anyone's ripping off anybody else. I'm just saying they're kind of of an aesthetic where it's of an know, aesthetic. That's yeah, very hand, nice way to put it. Hand yeah. written, you know, like cryptic messages. I don't know what any of it means, but together it, Kind of like the go to beds today or parquet courts or yeah yeah well but even like like words on the cover like I don't know I don't know what uh, these four or five words together to make up the title of the album mean but that's okay it's not easy making record covers <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what blonder tongue audio baton means you know maybe maybe there's some inside joke that I don't get but that's uh, that's the or name perhaps of... they're really good at Scrabble like we were. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. You know, that's the name of the album. The Scrabble board speaks louder than the Ouija board, my that's friend. That's right, for sure. That's the name of the album from 1993 by the Swirlies, and that's where this song comes from. It's called Jeremy Parker. And uh, maybe I'll leave the little, um, I don't know, the little sample in at the end, which is a little not safe for work, but kind of fun. So let's rock it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah.
There you go. Swirlies. <laughs> Can't say they didn't live up to their band name. What a hook fest. What a hook fest that was. Seriously. Of course, it definitely, of course, brings to mind a band that was concurrent with them, which would have been uh, My Buddy Valentine. They're like, I think of them as like an American, like, like uh, ride or slow dive. Yeah. Or kind of creation-y. Well, they like, were on Slumberland. They it's were. It's a Northern California label. That's true. Um, but I think of them as a kind of a, a, a melding of My Bloody Valentine and Polvo. Oh, yeah. Um, Great bands. Yeah. Great bands both. I love, I love Polvo. I still love no, Polvo. Oh, yeah. I'll play some Polvo. Have you played them on the show? I have not. And that's a band that, I, that we would have played a lot of shows yeah. with. I know those dudes. North Carolina North Carolina Brothers. Yeah, merge, man, merge. <clears throat> Powerful label. That's right. That's but right. Um, anyways, you talked about getting that incredibly lengthy Mission of Burma CD when you were 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. I would have checked out the next record <clears throat> out of the public library in Virginia when I was 12 years old. And it's a, a, probably the most famous band that perhaps you've ever played on three songs pod. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. And interestingly, so. just now recent inductees into the rock and roll hall of fame, like kingpins of, of new wave. And this is of course, uh, uh the, one of the rare collaborative pieces with Rick Ocasek, who's of course famous producer and Greg Hawks, that legendary keyboardist from the cars. This is off their first record, a song that's, Probably it's a it's a deep cut on a record filled with hits, but um, this is moving in stereo by the Cars, Boston Major League Rock and Roll.
Two words there, Bob. Arena Rock. No, I was going to say Phoebe Cates. Oh, well, easy. Tiger. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, you know, that scene that I will. Well, it's a famous scene from Fast Times. Exactly. From Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, some yeah. there are songs that you know the song and then it's used in a movie. And then you can never hear the song the same way again because of the way it's used in a movie. And I think that's a a perfect example of a song like that. Like every time I hear that song, I will always think of fast times at Ridgemont high. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And it's a movie we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people haven't seen it. That's right. But yeah, like my, my wife who's 37. She's like, Oh no, that's before my time. Oh, come on. Come well, on. no, it is like, that's like, you well, know, it, it is, it is, it like, is. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean you can't see it. I mean, I watched yeah, no, no, movies yeah, all I'm the saying, time. We saw it when it, when it like, you know, when it came out. Sure. Sure. I yeah. saw I saw a lot of movies when they came out, but that doesn't mean because <laughs> I just went to movies when I was a kid. Means I don't... We're almost like in a hundred <laughs> hundred combined years on the planet. That's right. I, I don't go to movies anymore, but I went to movies in the early eighties. So, you know. Oh, I saw that three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri the other night, and that's a very entertaining movie. It's it's violent. You wonder if like if they arrest people for assault in, in Missouri, but that's <laughs> that's a story for another day. <laughs> Anyways, nice celebration for, of, of of Boston. Boston music. And yeah. 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 I, I think we covered it for now, but I we think did. we also mentioned at least three or four numbers or three or four bands or maybe 13 or 14 bands that we need to plan future shows. So didn't plenty. mean to ignore you, Boston. That's right. That's right. And uh, we'll be back again soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Have a good, have a good night of sleep. You too, sir. Thank, Thank you. you.